<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, December 8th, 2020. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, say hello to AirPods Max. Cloudflare and Apple have developed a new internet privacy protocol. Google Stadia is finally flipping the switch on one of its biggest selling points. Uber is exiting the self-driving sweepstakes, but what does that mean for its future? And more fallout from that Warner Media streaming decision. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Apple has unveiled AirPods Max over-the-ear headphones with noise cancellation available from December 15th for $549, which seems pretty expensive for headphones unless these are like the highest-end headphones one could even imagine. They do come in five colors, though, and the design is pretty spiffy-looking. Quoting from Apple's press release, AirPods Max combine a custom acoustic design, H1 chips, and advanced software to power computational audio for a breakthrough listening experience with adaptive EQ, active noise cancellation, transparency mode, and spatial audio. Each ear cup attaches to the headband through a revolutionary mechanism that balances and distributes ear cup pressure and allows it to independently pivot and rotate to fit the unique contours of a user's head. Each ear cushion uses acoustically engineered memory foam to create an effective seal, a critical factor in delivering immersive sound. The digital crown, inspired by Apple Watch, offers precise volume control and the ability to play or pause audio, skip tracks, answer or end phone calls, and activate Siri. AirPods Max feature a 40mm Apple design dynamic driver that provides rich, deep bass, accurate mid-ranges, and crisp, clean, high-frequency extensions so every note can be heard. A unique dual neodymium ring magnet motor allows AirPods Max to maintain total harmonic distortion of less than 1% across the entire audible range, even at maximum volume. Equipped with an Apple-designed H1 chip in each ear cup, a custom acoustic design, and advanced software, AirPods Max use computational audio to deliver the highest quality listening experience possible. Utilizing each of the chip's 10 audio cores, capable of 9 billion operations per second, computational audio powers a breakthrough listening experience, end quote. So again, adaptive EQ, active noise cancellation, transparency mode, so when you want to hear what's going on around you, you can, and spatial audio. Also, apparently, 20 hours of battery life. It also ships with a smart case that looks kind of like a purse that allows the AirPods Max to go into a low power state, but you still got to charge over a wired lightning connector, and given all those features, there's really nothing here that no one else has. So again, seems pretty expensive for checks Notes earphones? As Eric Adelson tweeted, I'd sooner spend $549 on a private detective to find the three sets of regular headphones I lost, end quote. This is interesting, sticking on the Apple front. Cloudflare and Apple say they have teamed up to develop a new privacy-friendly internet protocol called Oblivious DNS over HTTPS, which decouples DNS queries from internet users for more privacy. Quoting TechCrunch, here's how it works. 
oblivious DNS over HTTPS or ODOH wraps a layer of encryption around the DNS query and passes it through a proxy server which acts as a go-between the internet user and the website they want to visit. Because the DNS query is encrypted, the proxy can't see what's inside but acts as a shield to prevent the DNS resolver from seeing who sent the query to begin with. What ODOH is meant to do is separate the information about who is making the query and what the query is, said Nick Sullivan, Cloudflare's head of research. In other words, ODOH ensures that only the proxy knows the identity of the internet user and that the DNS resolver only knows the website being requested. Sullivan said that page loading times on ODOH are, quote, practically indistinguishable from regular DNS over HTTPS and shouldn't cause any significant changes to browsing speed, end quote. Of course, DNS is operated by your ISP, sort of by default, which means your ISP knows who you are and which websites you visit. Some ISPs sell that data to advertisers. So basically, this would prevent your ISP from seeing where you go on the web without the need for a VPN. Google says Stadia users will be able to live stream their games directly to YouTube starting today, quoting The Verge. From the very beginning, Google Stadia and YouTube were supposed to work together. Thanks to the magic of cloud computing, you'd be able to click a YouTube ad to instantly begin playing a game. YouTubers would be able to invite their viewers to instantly join their game. And perhaps most importantly, creators would be able to instantly, effortlessly be able to live stream their Stadia games to YouTube just by pressing a button on the controller. None of those things happened at Stadia's launch last November, but the biggest one is apparently arriving now. Every Stadia user will be able to live stream directly to YouTube starting today, a representative confirms to The Verge. According to 9to5Google, you'll still have to give your stream a title and tweak a few settings like whether your stream is appropriate for kids to comply with children's protection rules. It's also not clear whether you'll be able to stream in 4K quite yet, as Stadia originally promised. You'd also likely need a $9.99 a month Stadia Pro subscription for that, like you do for 4K gameplay. The feature couldn't come at a more important time for Stadia. The service's most important game yet, Cyberpunk 2077, is arriving this week." End quote. Samsung's SmartThings platform will support Google Nest devices beginning next month, quoting The Verge. Prior to this, owners of devices that qualified for the Works with SmartThings WWST certification had to use separate software to manage any Google Nest products they owned. Following the launch of the integration next month, all Nest products will be compatible with the SmartThings platform and will qualify as WWST devices. The partnership further bolsters Samsung's smart home platform, which is one of the leading hub makers for managing smart home devices on the same network. Samsung purchased SmartThings in 2014 for $200 million due to the company's proficiency at helping smart home products communicate across various protocol standards. Since then, SmartThings has grown to support thousands of products as Samsung has pushed to integrate the platform with virtually every smart home brand on the market, with Google remaining a notable exception until today. Samsung says its platform now has more than 120 certified brands and more than 63 million active users, end quote. SpaceX's Starlink satellite network has won $885 million in federal aid for rural broadband, part of a $9.2 billion allocation by the FCC to be paid across 180 auction bidders, quoting GeekWire. 
In all, 180 bidders won subsidies that are to be paid out over the next 10 years. Only one other satellite broadband provider is on the FCC list, Hughes Network Systems, which will receive $1.3 million to serve rural sites in Rhode Island. The FCC said the RDOF program will provide $222.8 million to support broadband service to rural communities in Washington state. SpaceX is due to get the biggest share of those subsidies in its home state, amounting to $80.4 million. Washington also leads the state-by-state list for SpaceX subsidies. More than 5.2 million homes and businesses are expected to benefit from the program in which funds were allocated through a reverse auction, end quote. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. I have personally used ZocDoc to find a podiatrist when I needed one for the first time ever in my life. Go to ZocDoc.com slash techmeme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash techmeme. ZocDoc.com slash techmeme. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Perhaps the biggest news is the news that Uber is getting out of the self-driving car game. Uber is selling its self-driving unit, Advanced Technologies Group, to self-driving startup Aurora Innovation in a deal valuing the Advanced Technologies Group at $4 billion. With this tie-up, Uber CEO Dara Khosrowshahi is joining Aurora's board. Uber is investing $400 million in Aurora, and Aurora is now valued at $10 billion, quoting CNBC. 
Overall, Uber and ATG investors and employees are expected to own a 40% stake in Aurora, according to a regulatory filing accompanying the deal. Uber alone will hold a 26% stake. The startup is being valued at $10 billion in the transaction, according to a person familiar with the terms of the deal. Aurora is backed by Hyundai... Amazon and major venture firms including Greylock and Sequoia. TechCrunch first reported in November that the two companies were in talks for ATG. Uber's co-founder and former CEO Travis Kalanick had viewed self-driving as an essential investment, saying in 2016 he believed the world would shift to autonomous vehicles. ATG had been a long-term play for Uber, but the unit brought high costs and safety challenges. Throughout the course of a pandemic-stricken year, Uber has made efforts to stem losses in its ride-hailing business, control business costs, including including with major layoffs in the spring, and to grow its delivery business, end quote. Yeah, so about that. It wasn't that long ago that self-driving was called an existential issue for Uber. Was it? How many billions of dollars of VC money was burned by Uber going for the brass ring in self-driving? On the one hand, you could say that it's surprising Uber tried to keep the self-driving race going this long, But on the other hand, if you're a longtime Uber bull, it was probably because Travis Kalanick sold you on a vision of Uber one day being the one brand, the one app for everyone for transportation. Uber was going to go for monopoly market control. It would muscle out everyone else around the world and thus garner monopoly pricing power. And on top of that, ideally synchronized to that, when people stopped needing to own their own cars themselves because self-driving was ubiquitous, Uber would be the brand everyone would pay for their monthly transportation subscription. And Uber's costs would go to the basement because they wouldn't have labor costs anymore because there wouldn't be drivers. Not sure how well that ever gelled with the original Uber vision of not owning anything tangible, merely being a platform, but never mind. So in the last few years, Uber has exited a ton of overseas markets, indicating they're not going for global monopolies anymore. In the markets it still remains in, it is still fighting tooth and nail with rivals it has never managed to slay, and now the promised margin-expanding future of no longer needing drivers is... Well, it's not going away necessarily, but it's not going to be wholly owned by Uber either. So what business is Uber now? It's not the promised business Travis Kalanick sold Uber bulls on. It's pretty much, at least from what we can see, the business Uber is in now, which continues to not be profitable. Or else they're just trying to pivot more and more into the food delivery space, which, again, kind of DoorDash is the leader there. So is there a path to profitability for Uber now that plans A and B are no more? As Lee Drogan tweeted, quote, Uber exiting driverless certainly isn't something anyone saw coming a few years ago. Wow, how the scope of that business has narrowed, end quote. Again, I just find this whole story fascinating. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Warner Media's decision to debut its slate of 2021 films on HBO Max has blindsided creatives and their representatives, basically everyone in Hollywood, and they are not pleased. For example, quote, Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. 
Filmmaker Christopher Nolan, whose relationship with Werner's dates back to insomnia in 2002, said in a statement to The Hollywood Reporter, added Nolan, quote, Warner Brothers had an incredible machine for getting a filmmaker's work out everywhere, both in theaters and in the home, and they are dismantling it as we speak. They don't even understand what they're losing. Their decision makes no economic sense, and even the most casual Wall Street investor can see the difference between disruption and dysfunction, end quote. Quoting more from The Hollywood Reporter. Surprisingly to some in the industry, sources say the idea was the brainchild of Warner Brothers COO Carolyn Blackwood, who, looking at a relatively weak 2021 movie slate, saw an opportunity to avoid the humiliation of potentially bad grosses while currying favor with streamer-obsessed higher-ups. The instant response in Hollywood was outrage and a massive girding for battle. Quote, Warners has made a grave mistake, says one top talent agent. Never have this many people been this upset with one entity, end quote. Like others, he had spent much of the day dealing with calls from stunned and angry clients. And that swooshing sound you hear? It's the lawyers stropping their blades as they prepare for battle. That Warners was self-dealing in shifting these movies to its own streamer, perhaps, or that the company acted in bad faith. Some talent reps say the decision affects not only profit participants, but others who have worked on films as the move might affect residual payments. They expect and hope that the guilds will get involved. The Writers Guild of America declined to comment. The Warner's move poses big, maybe even existential questions. How do theaters survive this supposedly one-time excuse by the pandemic move? Genies are hard to put back in the bottle, and no one believes Warner's intended this to be temporary anyway. What damage will be done to exhibitors by training customers that if they sit on their sofas, the biggest movies will come? And will Warner's face serious backlash from important producers, filmmakers, guilds, and on-screen talent? Quote, Warner's was the quintessentially talent-friendly, filmmaker-friendly studio, says one agent. Now Warner's isn't the first place, second place, or third place you want to go, end quote. Many in Hollywood think Warner Media opted for this drastic move to play to streaming infatuated Wall Street and redo the botched launch of HBO Max, which has netted a dismal 8.6 million activated subscribers so far. But one prominent agent notes that the top executives at Warner Media and its parent, AT&T, CEO John Stanky, Warner Media CEO Jason Kalar, and of course Sarnoff, quote, don't understand the movie business and they don't understand talent relations, end quote. While Kilar pays what is seen as lip service to movies, industry veterans say Warner's is sacrificing the huge profit that comes from selling movies in multiple formats and on multiple platforms around the world, end quote. Variety is also reporting that Legendary, that production company which has been behind most of Nolan's films and which co-financed the upcoming Dune, among others, is considering suing Warner Brothers, quote, Part of Legendary's frustration is that despite largely bankrolling Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong, the production company didn't have much of a say in how its buzzy titles would be released. Moreover, the company felt that Warner Brothers wasn't being transparent with its intentions. Months ago, Netflix had discussed a possible sale of Godzilla vs. Kong for a hefty $250 million, but Warner Media, the parent company of Warner Brothers, blocked that arrangement. Legendary financed a significant portion of Dune, which cost roughly $175 million, and Godzilla vs. Kong, which carries a price tag around $160 million, end quote. Yeah, I'd be pissed if I ponied up a ton of money only to have the ability to make that money back taken out of my hands. Still, counterpoint, the rollout of Tenet was not exactly a financial success. Again, maybe this is making the best lemonade out of the lemons you've been dealt. And also this from Tanner Johnson, quote, 
I totally understand the frustration. I miss movie theaters a lot. But these directors encouraging people to go to the theater during a pandemic is a bad look. So the options are put the entire slate on hold indefinitely or use what you got and stream it, end quote. Once again, it's another crunch schedule day for me to attempt to squeeze in recording a weekend bonus episode for you here. So I'm going to run. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.